This is episode 254 for October 2013. All right, uh, it's time for Bertoni's bio now. Who are we tackling, Mr. Bertoni? Okay, I'm, I'm, this month? I'm going to have the listeners uh, vote on it live, um, offline, <laughs> because, okay... <laughs> What? Here's a behind the curtain for everybody. I was going to do okay. Barney Bushkin. Actually, I was going to do Sally Avril, but then I realized I've been doing a lot of chicks lately, and um, I'm, that's not a bad. And I'm going to do black. And I'm going to do black. I'm going to do Black Cat next month for her return. So I was like, I, I, I should throw a guy in there. So I was going to do Barney Bushkin, but uh, work's been really busy, and I haven't had time to reread some of his appearances. So I was like, okay, I need to do someone who I know well enough that I could run through off the top of my head. So the three yep. choices are um, Jackal, Miles Warren, Flash Thompson, who I think is almost like, I think that that's too, like, mainstream almost. But, you know, what? I mean, who cares? I, this stopped being obscure characters a while ago. I mean, you know, we just did Liz <laughs> Allen. And... Um, and, I, and another one I thought about doing was Ned Leeds, but I thought that that's too self-indulgent because of the Betty Brand thing. You're so Ned Leeds. <laughs> so, so, so we should vote right now who we want to hear? The listeners will text um, the character that they want to 55555-crossface.hornacek. Little do you know we're recording this, and there's only four people listening. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time, Josh thought the show was live. There you go. Um, so they're all voices in my head. Aren't they, though? Uh, I vote uh, Ned Leeds. I think Dom threw a Ned Leeds, too. Yes. Yeah, Kev, who do you like? Who do you want? I. It's not who I like, but I vote the Jackal. Okay. Chris? Let's make this really awkward. I'll vote the Jackal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to flip a coin. All right, all right. You're tied. And I cannot find a coin. <laughs> he says, sounding like he's across well, the room looking well, for one. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, I'm going to flip something. Here, I have a quarter on my desk, all right? Yeah, all right. but we don't trust you, Brad. <laughs> hey, look, Ned Leeds won. Oh, wait, I haven't flipped it yet. Uh, <laughs> well, should, shouldn't we say, like, okay, let's say head to Ned Leeds because, you know, he got his head uh, slit, you know, by the foreigner's men. Tails, jackal. I'm gonna flip He's it. Got a I, don't tail. I don't know if you, my mic can pick it up. He doesn't have a tail, but okay. Here it yeah, goes. Furry. Oh crap! Tails. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. two out of three. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, okay, jackal. so and we are doing. Did you hear the coin? By the way, I, I heard the coin. Okay. And Brad, I applaud you for your honesty. Because oh, it would have been very easy to lie. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, so. I'm just, this is just to show people, you know, how, how this works, because usually I write this down, but there's characters who I know well enough that I can pull some of this, you know, out of my butts, and uh, the Jackal is one of them somewhat. Uh, I don't want you to pull the Jackal out of your butt. <laughs> that sounds like more like a party trick. Right. I don't well, like this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Jackal dates all the way back to, um, the, his first appearance is the same as uh, Harry Osborn and Gwen Stacy. Um, he first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 31 on Peter's wow. first day of college. Dude. He had, he had brown, no, uh, yeah, it was like black hair then as opposed to brown hair. Now, he was Professor Warren. We did have a Mr. Warren as Peter's science teacher who looked different than this guy in the older issues. And Kurt Busiek later retconned that the two of them were brothers. And in fact, like, there was an issue of Untold Tales where Peter's introduced to Miles Warren from his brother, Mr. Warren. Um, through all this Jackal, Clone Saga, Queen, Spider Island hashtag stuff, M Mr. Warren has never been revisited to, like, you know, uh, comment on his brother's current doings. Which, actually, that's surprising, given Dan Slott's, uh, you know, ability to go back to the Dicko days a lot and pull all these characters out. So he basically would be a background character um, for a while. In one of the early issues of the Ramita run, issue 53, he chaperones Peter and Gwen on their first date. And then they're in college. Yeah. Well, like, he basically says, Peter, I have extra tickets to this um, Ultimate Nullifier exhibit. Do you want to come with me and bring <laughs> another and bring another student? Mwahahaha. So Peter asks one. So, like, their first date is chaperoned by Miles Warren, which is a really creepy continuity note. And um, after the whole Dr. Octopus, you know, attack happens and Miles Warren drives the, the two lovebirds to the coffee bean, he makes a bunch of... Um, 
makes a bunch of foreshadowing references that are like really eerie in retrospect. He's like, oh, that Spider-Man, he'd be quite a specimen to study. I wonder what drives him. Maybe one day I'll clone him. I actually made that last part up, but it's like, it's re- check the issue. It's John really Romita's in your artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he still had black hair at that point. Um, but really, he all he really did for the rest of the Romita run is like every 20 issues he would show up and like say, Peter, your grades suck. Peter, your grades suck. And uh, <laughs> by the time you see him in the Conway run, he may have had gray hair at one point in the Stanley run, but you see him in the Conway run again, and it's he's, he would like do stuff that college professors don't do, like chase down Peter's girlfriends, Gwen or Mary Jane, to say like, hey, Peter missed his class, can you ask him if everything's okay with his grades? Because he was the professor that cared. And um, in the first appearance of the Jackal and the Punisher, there's like... Um, there's a really weird moment where he's talking to Mary Jane about Peter, and then, like, across town, you see the Jackal um, getting, like, swatted across the room by the Punisher. There's no pad thing that says that it's happening at the same time, but, like, that's how it reads in the issue. So I don't think that Conway always intended for Miles Warren to be the Jackal, because, yeah, guess what? Miles Warren's the Jackal. Whoops. Um, <laughs> he did but, it off with the Mookie. Yeah. At one point, he decided that. Um, so the Jackal who is Miles Warren, by the way, appears basically like goading Spider-Man villains and doing stuff. He goads Punisher into going after Spider-Man so he can take over the underworld. He goads Hammerhead into a gang war with Dr. Octopus. He gets the Grizzly to, like, tie a bomb to Peter Parker. It was the Grizzly, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, they, to tie a bomb to Peter Parker so that Peter Parker will lead them to Spider-Man. Although, like, it was it was retcon that, like, he knew it was that it was Peter Parker at that point. There, there's been lots of... The Osborne journals are retcon, so are the Miles Warren journals, because, like, his <laughs> journals, like, have been written and rewritten. At one point, it was, like, the high evolutionary, you know, a, a cosmic character faked Miles Warren's journals, but that's gained it <laughs> of ourselves. <laughs> I, I, I'm being completely serious here. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, God. 129, one, we're up to what, 140 of Amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're scratching the surface. I'm not even up to that weird 90 stuff yet. Mm-hmm. So eventually, yeah. um, you know, he, the Gwen clone shows up at Peter's door, and um, Tarantula and the Jackal are involved in, like, some shenanigans where the Gwen clone, as a zombie, like, helps lead Peter to the top of the Brooklyn Bridge where the Jackal, Tarantula, and Gwen clone throw Peter off. Uh they think that Anthony Sebra, when I say they, I mean uh, Ned Leeds, who was almost a Bertoni's bio, it was the flip of the coin. Um, him and Peter <laughs> are my desk. Yeah, him and Peter are Scooby-Dooing, like, the mystery of the Jackal and the Gwen Stacy clone. And they think <laughs> that Anthony Sebra, which is Miles Warren's lab assistant, is the Jackal. So they go to investigate in the lab. Uh, Spider-Man gets knocked out, and... Um, the explanation is, your spider sense only warns you about enemies, and haven't I always been your friend, Peter? And he takes off the mask, and it's Miles Warren. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, the, the letter writers actually said that makes no sense at all, because, like, two issues later, Mary Jane... No, one issue later. Was it one issue later? Mary Jane sets off Peter's spider sense, like, in his apartment. Uh, spider sense does what it darn well pleases. So we get we get Miles Warren's origin story that he looked on as at Gwen as a daughter, uh, but the reading between the lines there was a little more than that. And when she died, a little piece of him died too, but he remembered that he had a piece of her DNA, so he cloned it and, you know, that's why there's the Gwen clone. And he wants revenge on Spider Man slash Peter Parker for letting Gwen die. There's the battle in Chase Stadium in which the Ben Riley spider clone appears. Ned Leeds is tied to a bomb, despite somehow another writer thought that it was Gwen Stacy tied to a bomb. Fred Van Lins, eh? <laughs> the, um, Gwen clone goes out of her trance and says, this is wrong, you shouldn't be doing this. Miles Warren says, oh my gosh, you're right, and cuts the bomb, blowing it up, kills himself. He's dead. That's the end of that. Uh, if it was a good story. But yeah. later writers had other ideas. They In the Bronze Age, we had Karin, which was a decayed Miles Warren clone. Basically, another clone of Miles Warren that was left in the cooker too long. And somehow that meant that it had telepathic powers and it touches you when you die. Peter battled that. And 
there was some retcons in the 80s with a high evolutionary story where the Gwen clone was found again, and they said she's not a clone, she's a woman that, like, was brainwashed and, like, morphed into Gwen Stacy because Miles Warren never cloned anyone, and the Spider-Man clone was Anthony Sebra, who, I forgot to mention this in the recap, was the first man that Miles Warren ever murdered because he said that they were, like, cloning frogs or something like that, and, like, Anthony's oh, yeah. like, these are humans, what the heck? <laughs> so he kills him, and like that's where the jackal persona came from. Although there was later a record because he, he was like, uh, you know, like, oh, I didn't. Miles Warren didn't kill him. The jackal did. The jackal did. The jackal did. And when he uh-huh. dies, when like, when like when he has that moment of clarity before he dies, he says, "I didn't. The jackal didn't kill Anthony Sebra. I did." Uh, so <laughs> there is this whole like, and Peter finds Miles Warren's journal, which basically says that yes, I never cloned anyone. It was all um. <laughs> It was all morphed humans. Where did he find that on his face? <laughs> he um he he went into Miles Warren's basement and like his old lab or something, and that's where like Malcolm McBride found found him too. Okay, there's actually there's a quote about Miles Warren that I liked in that issue, Spectacular One Forty Nine, where uh, he's fighting Karin and he says he was a sick man obsessed with a dead woman. Yeah. Uh, so in the 90s, um, during the second clone saga, Miles Warren comes back out of a cooker saying, oh yeah, that wasn't me who died, it was a clone, and I've been in here and I turned myself into a parts man, part jackal. And he That's made a funny. lot of bad puns. He had a mini-me named Jack that was like a partial clone of him or Peter, I actually forget, and who cares? There was horrible stuff. His plan went from being a sick man obsessed with a dead woman to I will blow up the whole city and turn everyone in it into clones. He killed everyone in a small town, made lots of clones of Peter, and uh, he got arrested and, like, taken the Ravencroft as Miles Warren, so his identity is public. People know that he's not dead. And eventually he... How does he fall off the... The Gwen clone shoots him, right? Or how, how did it work? Or I'm trying to remember. Uh, she, no, 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 no. She tries to shoot him, and then like, I think that, like... He pushes like, her out of the way, and she falls, and then he tries to save her, and I think that's how he wound up falling. Yeah, he, 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 he died stupidly. Yeah, he was hoisting yeah. him on his own patar. And supposedly was that was the... clonage. It was stupid crap. Yeah, supposedly <laughs> that was the one true jackal. In my now first part of my comic. Yeah, now during that, we, we met another jackal clone, and we found out his <laughs> origin story. He said that Gwen reminded him of the daughter he never had. Well, BS, because it turns out he had a daughter and a son and a wife who left him because he was too obsessed with science. He reminded him of the other daughter that he never had. Uh, she died in a car crash. Um, with the kids, and, like, that news made him, like, basically go crazy and fall in love with Gwen eventually. That also gets retconned. (laughs) Yeah. (coughs) Don, if you don't want spoilers for Scarlet Spider Unlimited, which we're going to discuss on the podcast, you might want to cover your ears for this next part. Okay, I will, I will, I will. Or you could take off your headset, or or we'll text you when this goes back, because we've been trying to keep this from Don. Okay. Turns out that Miles Warren, like, in addition to being a scientist, he was, like, living with these mountain people, part of the high evolutionaries uh, world. What's the Wondergon or something? What's it called, Brad? Wondergore? Mount Wondergore, isn't it? Yeah, like he was, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, that's right. He had a society on Mount Wondergore where he was, like, doing experimentation with humans and animals. And, like, he and the high evolutionary got into a fight where... Um, you know, cloning versus um, whatever the high evolutionary was doing. Back annual number eight, I think. Well, yeah, and then Scarlet Spider Unlimited number one. And then he made a Jackal Man who was like, who he rejected. And it turned out that the Jackal Man was the one that caused his family's car crash. And um, because the high evolutionary was jealous of Miles Warren and his cloning, he faked Miles Warren's journal. And uh, but there's a uh, people in um, Mount Wondergon who like still worship the jackal, and they have like a big statue of the Ross Andrew jackal, and they like there's like a cult of the jackal, and they wear his masks. It's uh, <laughs> it's really weird. All right, I'll tell honest to God, I read that. that issue, and I did not completely understand what the heck I was reading. <laughs> yeah, the, the superior. An- uh, I mean, the uh, spec annual. No, this is this is the um, the Scarlet Spider Unlimited number one from the Clone Saga. It's it's a complete mess uh, and it is. just unreadable. Yeah, and it's it, it made Miles Warren go from like a simple like 
you long for the days when his motivation was a simple sick man obsessed with a dead woman to like, you know, now the stuff that he's involved in that I'm not going to say out loud because Don is back on the call. <laughs> It was good to <laughs> um, around 2004, 2005, there was a Daredevil Punisher miniseries, and the Jackal was a villain yep. in it. He never explained who the hell that was. Never explained how he was alive. Nope. Um, so people who probably never will be people who like blame Slot for that. That 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 was pre-Slot, and there's like the only mention that like he should be dead is like there's a newspaper article in the issue, and you see Jackal who was believed to be dead, you know, years before, is actually alive now. So, yeah, at least they knew he was... Um, he was more... It, it took him back to his roots, though, as opposed to him now, where he's crazy. Like, he was more of a gangster in there, like, making deals with Hammerhead, and I think it was Hammerhead and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, he was yeah. always cold, because I guess jackals are uh, cold blood. I, I don't know. Like, he, he was, like, always wearing coats. It was. A, did anyone else read that miniseries? I read it, I, I did. but it just wasn't very good. I didn't get through it. You know who wrote it? David Lapham. That doesn't insinuate quality to me, but I don't know. Well, Lapham is known for like 100 Bullets, I think, so he's known as a pretty decent writer, but uh, right. he's not somebody Panzarello that's... was uh, 100 Bullets. Okay, it's, it's something that I always get confused anyway. Anyway, it's one of those type of things. Um, but David Lapham is not somebody that's like in the Marvel Universe, so my assumption is just that he didn't know the Jackal was dead. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I guess his editor failed to check. Slash care. It, it, it was really weird at the time. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's an easy explanation, but you know, you should give the explanation instead of just it's people like the make people like to make the comparison. Come on, guys, it's like the Joker being in an explosion. Well, yeah, but like <coughs> I, I hear that all the time. Like Mysterio shooting himself in the head in front of Daredevil. Come on, guys, you never ask how the Joker survives explosions. Well, because the Joker didn't shoot himself in the head in front of a guy that has radar senses. <laughs> but that, that so you're you're up to like 2003, I'm guessing. Yeah, and the next yeah the, the next time we see him, um, unless there's something I'm missing, was hashtag. Oh, we had the lead up to hashtag, and um, where he Spider Island, yeah, Spider Island hashtag, yeah, because um, that's the name of it. <laughs> the book is called Spider Island. <laughs> oh, because he I says with a, affection. I have I have a copy and I see Spider Island and there's a hashtag. <laughs> the hashtag is actually before Spider Island, but I got used to saying the hashtag after. Um, but but okay, because they wanted people to tweet about it. So um, just like yeah. just like all new X Men is called all new water bottles. <laughs> now <laughs> hold a grudge more than even I <laughs> can fathom. Incredible! I, remember, remember when he, remember when Bertoni was pissed that uh, the the movie Avengers were on the cover I was when they were thinking the book? about. Yeah. My exact yeah, quote I was, "I am a petty, I am a petty son of a bitch." <laughs> That's why we love you. Like you know, the hashtag was annoying at the time, and it stopped being annoying everywhere except here. The place still mentioned. <laughs> I hold a grudge. I I, uh, I, we I don't complain about the hashtag too much. I just call the storyline hashtag. You refused like, to call, there was a time, I swear to God, like a couple of months ago, you refused to acknowledge it unless somebody said hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably accurate. <laughs> I, I don't think uh, that has ended. I think if anyone says Spider Island, Bertoni's in the background saying hashtag. Hashtag, yeah. yeah. I, I assume it's like if anybody anywhere says it, you know, anywhere in the world, Bertoni just is there. It's like the the Ghost Rider senses where vengeance needs to happen. He senses where somebody's saying Spider Island instead of hashtag. And I wake up at all hours of the night saying hashtag. Awesome. Yeah, we're hashtagging, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, he's you know, jerking around in the hashtag story, you know. <laughs> with the queen, you know, using, like, bed bugs to infect everyone with uh, spider powers. Now, he remembers that Peter is Spider-Man because the psychic mind block doesn't affect him because he cloned Peter. The psychic mind block affects Norman, um, doesn't affect... Warren because he cloned Pete. It also affected the Venom symbiote. Explain that one. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. The mind mind block was like, pick and choose, pick and choose. 
it was like, well, you have to unmask Peter, and because the Jackal cloned a Spider-Man clone and took him and put a costume on it, then took the costume off. Like, so for it to work, he would have had to have cloned Peter Parker, put a costume on Peter Parker, and then take the costume off of him. So you have to dress and undress someone after producing them. Um, oh! Yeah. The whole reason and, the mind block went away is because he jumped up and down like Spider-Man. Say what? The whole reason the mind block went away is because on camera he jumped up and down kind of like Spider-Man might do. Yeah, and, reveal, and said he had spider powers. It's It's magic. And, and I, I don't mean that because of the meme. It's magic. You don't have to explain it. Like it's it's literally magic. There was nothing fine. Well, no, it was like science magic or something. We're, 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 we're getting, Who knows? We're getting all over the place here. But yeah, the jackal's jerking yeah. around with the queen, using bed bugs to infect people with spider powers. The queen had everyone enough. said, "Oh no." <laughs> that or maybe it was just me. I saw the jackal doing stuff with that sort of thing, and then the queen and I said, "Oh my god, no!" And I was right. And the queen has enough of the jackal sycophantic, you know, garbage, so she kills him. But it wasn't him, it was a clone of him. And, like, now he has clones, clones everywhere. Forgot about that. <laughs> he tried to clone Alpha, and, like, but he couldn't clone Alpha Particles. And uh, basically, he's been, like, a supporting character villain ever since, you know. You can usually find him in the pages of Avenging, and his plans usually involve, like, parodies of his 90s self. I'm going to make a clone of everyone, because clones, and he has them at his disposal. He went from a sick man obsessed with a dead woman in an old laboratory whose journal was faked by the high evolutionary to <laughs> the joke of a character he is now. Clone fetishist. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and he was in the animated series in like a very hilarious episode. I considered Mary Jane's father. So, Bertoni, how do we how do we get a Miles Warren that you like? I mean, what's the best version of the character you think? The, the Conway version. It's like right. his motivation there was like um, a dark marrying of Peter's because Peter like was forced to move on from Gwen's death, and he basically saw like you know what kind of person would you know. Ha- different ways to handle grief. Someone who was also affected by Gwen's death, but took it to psychotic levels. And he's right. a college professor who was lusting after his students. And there's kind of, you know, a, a sick thing about it. And the way he reacted to it, the obsession that he had, I thought that that, you know, that's a nice, you know, emotionally driven story, not let's make clones of everyone. Right. All right. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Uh, pulled that one out of my butt. It probably sounded like it, too. <laughs> All right, let's tackle uh, message board questions. Let me pull up the thread. And uh, Wow, it's, it's only 1 o'clock in the morning. I know. We're, we're plowing through this pretty good. Uh, before we start the message board questions, I want to reiterate how you ask a question. Not that we have a lack of content, but uh, <laughs> if you're listening to the, the show and you're wondering, you know what, I listen to them answer Q&A every month, where do I go and ask a question? You go to the SpidermanCrawlspace.com, click on the message board link, and it's at the top of every forum. I usually put it up there about a week, week and a half before we record it. So that way you have to register for the forum and ask a question that way. Oh, starting off with uh, Eddie, 3429, location unknown. He says, good day, mate, so he might be from Australia. Or unknown Australia. Unknown Australia. He's got a uh, avatar of a Victorian bitter. Uh, is that apple? Is that or is that beer? Uh, I don't hope it's beer. I, I don't know if it's beer or not. Anyway, if a future Spider-Man movie d- decided to adapt a Dan Slott story to the big screen, which one would you want them to pick? Human Torch Mini is out due to rights with Fox. Cheers, Eddie. The two-part time time traveling story. The the what, 2099? No, uh, the one where. Uh, Great, oh, the, world the, the first up. one where, yeah, where Grady Scraps had his yeah. time machine. Who would we cast as Grady Scraps? To... Philip Seymour Hoffman? <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Although and, Andrew Garfield will have to play his actual age. Um, how about the massacre where he does the soda plot? <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be a bomb. That, that would about, be a bomb. No. <laughs> Kevin, what slot story would you like? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yep. <laughs> that's why I asked it. 
Okay, Ends Kevin's now making that movie. Ends of the Earth is good. It's just that most of the stuff that Slot has done has re- uh, relied a lot on uh, a modern continuity that's built on many years of continuity that isn't really easily adaptable to the big screen. I think hashtag, I mean, Spider <laughs> Island <laughs> could be doing you had it. Right really? The first time, really? Do, you, do you, Brad? I do not want to see that because of my You don't want to see Spider... I mean, I, I'm not saying it would be quality entertainment, but I could see it as a big... That's project. a licensing nightmare. You have, like, Luke Cage as one. No, no, no. I'm just thinking everybody in New York gets spider powers, and it's going to be directed by Michael Bay. Yeah, I'll skip that one. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. I know. Uh, Josh, what would you? What slot story would you make? Uh, yeah, I, I've been thinking about this one, and see, there's stories that are good stories, but like, would they make a good movie? Because like, yeah. you can't do a two part story as a movie. And, like, the really, really long ones, like Kevin said, they rely on other story stuff. Like, Superior Spider-Man is not a standalone movie. No, it's not. Um, I think that slot stuff works better as serials than it does as movies. Yeah. Chris, you got a slot movie? I think I agree with Kevin that the big slot stories... Oh, my God, there's a train. Can you guys hear that? Uh, (laughs) I thought it was coming at you. Is it in your apartment? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's right next next to it. Um, the bigger the bigger slot stories are uh, they'd be hard to do as a movie because you'd think that they're de- you can't because Ends of the Earth requires. Oh God! <laughs> all right, edit it out. Edit it all out. <laughs> I'm laughing at Brad laughing. I can just see Chris like Harrison Ford in The Fugitive running it on his phone. <laughs> I didn't do it. I don't care. I don't care. So, were there any uh, slot stories with trains in them? Um, I, there were I don't. train wrecks, no, just trains. Okay, let me try and salvage my point. Okay. Um, which is basically just to say, I think Kevin's right because if you do a story like Ends of the Earth that has a lot of, it's a Sinister Six story, and you know, I think we would want that to be built up better with the different characters. Um, so it's hard to say. I actually think Spider Island, just as its basic premise with people getting spider powers, could work as a as a movie. I I think you'd have to change the story a lot in order to um, make it accessible and better. But uh, I think it, it's a doable a doable premise for a movie. Yeah, the second mind, the second mind block would not have to be there. Yeah. Again, Kevin, any any thoughts? No. All right. Uh, Chatosaurus Rex, three posts. So that's a new poster. Welcome. Hey, gays. Ho- hey, gays. Okay, i got to edit that out. Really? Uh, really? Hey, <laughs> hey guys. What are you about? This question is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I meant, hey, guys. Hey, you guys. Electric Company, 70s records. Hope all is well. My question is, if you could choose one Spider-Man television series, past or present, live action or animated, to become a digital first comic, the way that DC has done with Batman 66, which series would you choose? Personally, I'd go with Spec Spidey. I think there's a lot un- of untapped potential there. There's a no-brainer. I think, I think you guys know my answer, right? Take, take a guess what my the answer 70s is. 70s show. Spider okay. friends, go for it. Very good, Bertone. Yep. <laughs> You give it Spectacular Spider-Man, you give it to Greg Wiseman to write, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. The, take the, the main book to Greg Wiseman. Yeah, no, no, no. Spider-Man colon, the, neo, the Neogenic Adventure, which is basically the 90s show continued. <laughs> and, and the first <laughs> arc could be the water clone of the Mousy. <laughs> the Mousy be melting all over the place. I have a 3D holographic mousy cover. That'd be amazing. <laughs> the mousy variant. The mousy variant. And Adam so Webb that... could like constantly be interrupting every issue. Spider Man. <laughs> Chris, what do you want for a digital comic? Uh, well, we could get that um, continuation of the '90s series everybody wants. Yeah. Kevin, Chris, you already said Greg Weissman, didn't you? Sure did. All right. <laughs> Thanks, listen. <laughs> Wasn't that well, long? the part of the asshole tonight is kept pushing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that was that one of the two of us that completely forgot I'd already answered? And, and after me? <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Damn, damn. You need a hug. This is what happens Jelly when I go back to Eastern time. 
Let's see. Mercy. Jolly Jovial Jonah. Unjolly un- Kevin can have this one. Uh, two posts. Uh, welcome to the board. To the gang, does anyone know if there's going to be an essential Spider-Man Volume 12? Why are you giving I, me I this? Get. I have no idea. <laughs> Josh, I will. I'm so. this to Josh. Let me let me Anybody? call Marvel's marketing department right now. Oh, I can't. It's one eleven in the morning, and I don't have the phone number to Marvel's marketing department. Speaking of, I don't, I don't mean I don't mean to be condescending, guy. Uh, uh, jolly, jovial. Jo- I really don't mean to be condescending, but we have no way of knowing this any more than you do. The thing is, I do. Do they even print essentials anymore? I don't so see them. They, in the they did come out with the most recent one, which went up to two forty nine. Which I I love the essentials. That's how I read Spider Man. So like, I hope they do, but I don't know how how they sell or not. I really don't know. How do they? What was the last essential book in in, in a preview? I don't even remember seeing one. I don't buy them, but uh, what do you ask? Like they switch to mostly. Like, do they still print essentials? Afterwards, they're a lot yes. More yeah. No. I just said like like they they go up to the latest one. Volume eleven came out within the last six months, and they went up to to ASM two forty nine, the Hobgoblin arc. All right. Um, let's see. To the gang, what is your favorite Spider Man trade paperback novel besides Mayhem and Manhattan Jr. I read the Spider Man Doomsday trilogy, where Spidey teams up with the Hulk, Iron Man, the Fantastic Four. That's a good one. I'm not read that many. Novel, not trade paperback. Yeah. yeah, he's talking about the the prose novel. Oh, yeah. I've barely read any. The Mary Jane novel where Peter and Mary Jane build an android named Floyd. <laughs> My favorite is the Adam Troy Castro uh, Sinister Six trilogy, which is freaking epic. It's got the gentleman in it, uh, just and his, and his sister Pity. Um, you know, I only read it when I was in grade school. I don't know how it would hold up, but I enjoyed a novel called Carnage in New York back then. This was like 15 years ago. The Venom Factor by Diane Duane. I hated that. I didn't even finish it. I love that. I liked it, too. I didn't care for Carnage in New York. But anyway. Uh, Hornacek. Yay! What's up, Hornacek? From Canada, for the people listening, Hornacek every day posts a quote from the podcast. I do it every day. It's usually like all the good quotes from one episode at a time. He does. He does a really great job. Uh, to anyone, let's say Dan Slott suddenly leaves a Superior Spider-Man book for some unknown reason, without a chance to wrap up his storylines, he doesn't leave any notes and won't return any calls <laughs> <laughs> to what his plans were. Marvel tells the new writer, "We want Peter Parker back as Spider-Man ASAP. Do it in one issue. We don't care how. Just have him back by the end of the book." And to make this scenario even more unlikely, the new writer is drawing a blank and comes to you for help. What? What idea would you use to get Peter Parker back while trying to come up with the best issue possible? Uh, Don, go. He he wakes up and um, Mary Jane's like, "What's wrong, baby? I just had the stupidest dream." And and then he puts his wedding ring back on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, go. Uh, send somebody back in time to shoot the pigeon. <laughs> wow. Or Tony, go. You would need more than one issue to bring Peter back, because otherwise... That's not the question. (laughs) Yes, it is. He's saying, how do so... uh, What advice do I give the new writer? So I'd say, you know, either get an extension or make it like a double or triple size issue, or like a a giant 100-page story. And uh, Peter has to come back on his... uh, Like, he can't... It it should be his victory. It shouldn't be, like, somebody helping him or whatever. Um, Chris, go. Um, I was going to use the it was all a dream one. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's really all you could do to get or maybe, to uh, undo this that quickly. It, or maybe it couldn't the, be a good story, I don't think, in one issue. Doc Ock's brain just like, kind of fades away. like It wears off after a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Firestorm. Uh, Josh and Don in the 90s clone saga when we first see Ben Riley as the mystery man as he's talking to Aunt May on the phone we find out that he has called her before and they've had an established relationship she calls him dear and hopes that they can meet in person yikes what's your uh, best guess on how this phone relationship started and uh, lies Ben had to tell her to start start it and keep it going so May what you wearing I don't remember why would you say that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's the nephew. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't remember where I heard this, but um, okay. I, I I know I read this somewhere. It might have been like an interview or a podcast, or it might have even been in one of the books. But that Ben, he missed Aunt May and he wanted to check up on her, so he pretended to dial her by accident one day. And when she picked up, like uh, he basically like 
BS'd his way into keeping her on the phone with him by, like, you know, making small talk and being friendly. And ba- as far as Aunt May knows, like, Ben Riley was a wrong number that called and, uh, you know, and they got from. <laughs> now, when she came back from the dead, like, and people said, oh, yes, Aunt May, and while you were gone, Peter's cousin, you know, Ben Riley from your side of the family died. Wouldn't she be like, Peter didn't have a cousin named Ben Riley? Now, when Ben Riley called Aunt May, did he say this is Ben Riley, or did he come up with that name he after? He said, "Would you like to talk about the Lord?" And <laughs> went on from there. <laughs> I, as, as far as I know, he never used his name. Okay, I didn't think he did either. Uh, Brad, now that although uh, you does, don't, if they were talking on the phone for years, he must have used a name. Exactly. <laughs> now that's actually a pretty big plot hole. <laughs> that is. Of many of the <laughs> well, well, because uh, like unless he's trying to pass himself off as a legitimate distant relative, but then why would he be calling her as a wrong number? Oh yeah, this twenty-year-old plot hole sucks. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Hornacek. <laughs> Quote this, uh, Brad. Now that you don't do the mail order comic sponsor message at the beginning of the podcast, I find that I missed the little blurbs you would do for upcoming Spider-Man comic books. Any chance you would start doing these again? I always enjoyed the coming soon look ahead. Find a podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, if a comic company would like to sponsor, <laughs> I would love to do those again. Um, as far as just doing it without sponsor, I don't really think that's something I'd like to do. I'm leaving that spot at the top of the show for a sponsor. And uh, as far as coming up issues, it, I guess it could be a, a segment on the show. We could read solicitations, but that's just not real. I don't think the show needs any more segments at the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, boy, howdy. <laughs> I mean, we've got plenty. I don't think a coming soon segment. You have to split the show into two shows because of the growing segments. Right. And and as far as coming soon, we we kind of, if there's something fun in the solicitations, we'll generally tackle it in news. So if I guess I could call you and we, I could read them to you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to do that either. I want to offer that. <laughs> you want Brad to call you at your home every night and like read solicitations. Uh. Brad's this is episode 300, <laughs> coming up on Spider-Man. Page two. Page two. <laughs> Turn the page. Uh, six, six, six and a half from uh, the greater Los Angeles area where Kevin left. Uh, hope everyone's uh, getting into the Halloween spirit. Anybody got a costume this year, by the way? The the hot topic that I found my cottage mask in, they actually have the right cover, and it's the Venom mask this year. Are you going to get the Venom mask? It's pretty expensive. I still have the cottage mask, but I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe uh, Bertone, you could Bertoni could buy it, and you guys could be uh, father son. We, we don't we uh, don't live <laughs> in the same area. Although I, 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 am, I am trick or treating with a Donovan, just not that Donovan. A <laughs> uh, question for the gang scenario: Brad has gone mad with power. True oh, fact. <laughs> Spider minions now run the crawl space board. Etiquette on the show has become mega mega. Meg, mega it's, it's bad. And since the <laughs> banning of supporting posters continue each month, as the crawl space Avengers, how do you react? I'm assuming JR's first action is to hide in the sewers and slowly raise a criminal <laughs> army. Well, since I can see the allegory here, I'm thinking I get punched in the face by Brad a lot. Because I'm yeah. Morbius. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's that time of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Already? Yeah, it didn't take long. This, this is going to be like a thing with posters on the message board. Like, I will ask the question that, like, that, that, like, makes Chris, you know, think it's that time of the night. The mega Chris question reality. Well done. Makes Chris think he's on a mothballs. Okay, either, either, either we all say Brad's acting like, like a, like a real jerk, and then we spend, like, the next six months scratching our asses, or we actually do something about it. And you all call me on an ugly-ass green phone and say, what the hell? <laughs> well, now, let's be real. I mean, I've been the real power on the crawl space for years now. It doesn't really matter how Brad acts. Mm-hmm. Next question. We've actually like gone to Brad a bunch of times, and I am not joking on this. Like, like about what? And said, Brad, no, don't do th- Brad. What the heck? That was a bad choice, Brad. What the heck are you doing? Like, we have that conversation with Brad like five times a year. <laughs> and sometimes I listen to you, and sometimes I t- say, uh, no. Yeah, and all those times that something has gone wrong, listeners, that's the times that Brad didn't listen to us. What? <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say what the story is, but we have like a secret little Facebook group, and like I, something was posted on there, and Brad's like, "I'm going to put this on the front page," and everyone, including like Bailey and Stella, who like you know 
You never don't come to the clubhouse that often anymore. Like, everyone said, Brad, please, I beg you, God, don't do this. And, and did I do it? You you listened to us that time, and, like, we were okay. so relieved. Well, and, you know, <laughs> let's be real, though. This is why Brad has a team, and he's a smart man to have a team. Sometimes you listen to him, sometimes you go. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you feel like a <laughs> Sometimes, uh, uh, anyway, um, you don't. Uh, zip line. <laughs> Obligatory troll question. This is going to be good. Oh, to Brad. Oh, God. Here comes one. Chris. If, Brad, if all 50 states legalize marijuana. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> following Washington and Colorado's example, should Spider Man be allowed to smoke? <laughs> How are you feeling, Chris? <laughs> I mean, I feel like this guy needs to read Marvel Knights Spider-Man number one because I, I think, uh, you know, he just described the premise. Oh. Was he hot? Oh, the, the, the latest, yeah, the most the latest one, yeah. one where, like, Arcade's holding out a pill and he's like, take this pill, Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's like, I'm not going to take that pill. And then you Arcade's like, you've already taken it. And then Spider-Man's like, no! I've heard nothing but bad things about that book. I have not picked it up yet, but man, it's you on my that. Kindle ready to read and I just don't have the heart. Yeah, um, spoiler alert for next month's Spider Satellite, it gets an F. <laughs> Damn. Uh, also, how do you imagine a story about medical marijuana featuring Spider-Man actually being published by Marvel? A PSA. <laughs> Skip is back, and he's dying of cancer. And you to be out there like you can't uh, you can't smoke the cigarettes in Marvel Comics, but you can be rocking the guns. <laughs> I can see him making out with uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Gonzalez, and they just uh, Michelle Gonzalez. Why Gonzalez specifically? What are you trying to say? <laughs> well, they, they just Brad, kiss, stop smoking weed. <laughs> they smoke with little weed, and then they just slowly like go out of frame. I have a question. I have a question. What 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 what, what prompted this question? First of all. <laughs> Well, I think dude rolled something and went on the internet. I think he read Marvel Knights <laughs> Spider-Man number one. I think Chris is right. Although, although to be to be completely honestly fair, if Spider-Man were to, were to light up and like go west, we know be a very very interesting experience. Steve, Steve Dicko should write it. Maybe it'll be like that Hobgoblin issue where like the Barney Bushkit Mushkit. Bar- <laughs> Barney Muggins, Barney Muggins, uh, spikes the punch, and like he fights the hobgoblin drunk. Like maybe he'll go to a party and like look at the Bushkin. There's marijuana brownies, and like he te- he thinks it's real brownies, and he takes one, he, and he has to fight uh, his stilt man or something. Uh, Wasn't there a, Norman? I've got the munchies. Before I punch you, I gotta go get some. We're like, about. no, he fights Mysterio. Mysterio would be so awesome to fight. Oh, oh god. Oh, Wasn't there a Spider-Man man. Doctor Strange miniseries from a few years ago that was basically like smoking a doobie? Oh, God, that, yeah, yeah, that was uh, Strange Encounters or something like that, it was bad. Strange. Yeah, multiply that by the power of Marvel Knight Spider-Man, and holy crap. Zipline Zip also has a funny line, it's, he says, a case of dumping one MJ for another. <laughs> <laughs> and the marijuana, and the, and the, like, marijuana stick would, like, you know, wonder what was up with Hawk, too. Wow. Why hasn't he smoked me in a few days? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, other question. Very weird, funny question, by the way, Zipline. He's not done. About no, no, he's got, he's got several. Oh, I know. They're just like marijuana, are they? He's, not he's done got with another page questions. and a half of questions. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, my God, we start with doobies, and I'm suddenly getting munchies. All right, uh, the next one, has anyone on the crawl space played Grand Theft Auto V yet? No. In relation to Spider-Man, I'd ask how you imagine the publisher Rockstar developing an open-world game differently from the past movie, tie-ins of Beanox and Treyarch. I mean, at least twice as more uh, hooker murders in Spider-Man's world. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me, or is that not... a huge stretch to try to fit this in as a reason he's asking this question on the Spider-Man podcast? I know, podcast? I know. I know. Yes. Grand Theft Auto Five. It's on, I, I want to buy it. I'm waiting until it's a little cheaper. Anybody buy it yet? The last one I played was Vice City back in 2003. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, Rockstar would just be a little bit more violent, Spider-Man. But basically, the the Spider-Man Spider-Man Two video game for PS2 and the recent movie game are open worlds. So that's kind of what it would look like. Uh, serious time with sadness. Oh my! Why do fans like to complain about Superior Spider-Man, but still pick it up anyway and help it sell well? Conversely, Scarlet Spider is a title with an outlet for those unhappy with the current direction. It was. 
Yeah, of Spider-Man. Why is it Don't that the quality say that it's canceled. By... That is not a politically correct term. <laughs> Why is it that a quality book written by Chris Jost, having little to no association with Dan Slott's premise, falls into a sales decline and cancellation? Because it's called Scarlet Spider and not Spider-Man. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's the name. I'm sorry. No, he's, he's absolutely right. That's the same thing I was going to say. There's, there's one book that is your core Spider-Man book, so it's going to keep selling because people need to read it to find out what's happening with Spider-Man. And there's one that took its name from a, uh, a story from the 90s that, while I liked it, is regarded as the biggest train wreck in comic book history. <laughs> True. True. Kevin, Bertoni, and Don, what is the con- uh, contrast between reviewing and judging an animation and live-action film that leaves these two mediums less open for criticism than comic books? They're often accused of portraying inconsistent and out-of-character continuity moments. Well, because like the, uh, movies and the cartoons are an interpretation where people outside of the comic book industry, more often than not, take the character that they're familiar with as fans and try to interpret them for a, a different audience, a mainstream audience. That's why you can't have, like, you know, the that's why you can't have the source material, or that's why you can't have the movies and the cartoons be exactly the same with exactly the same way they played out. Because you know, different mediums force you to change things, whether you want to or not. You just, unless you're borrowing, you know, a timeless script, like you know, like his origin, uh, you legitimately can't transcribe one thing to another. Because otherwise, you get like really weird cartoons, like the '60s show. Well, and there's you know a big difference between something that uh, affects the ongoing continuity of the character and something that doesn't. Like, you can do something in Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, that I will have no problem with, but if you did it in a comic book where it would be forever be canon for this character and has to build on 50 years of prior canon, then I would have a huge problem with. Because, yeah, there's a difference between being in continuity and not. Well, like in Batman 89, where they killed the Joker, and um, you couldn't do that if that was the comic book, because then you don't have that character anymore. Yeah. Uh, to Chris, the awesome attorney. Wow. That's not, <laughs> I like that. I'd buy that book. On the, I would buy that t- book, too. On the cover of Scarlet Spider number 21, the tagline and solicits explicitly make it clear that Ben Riley is a returning character in the book. Based on the issue's ending, could Marvel legally be held liable in <laughs> for promotion of false advertisement to returning fans and older customers? Well... I'm sure Marvel has uh, advertising <laughs> lawyers who know more about this than I do. So I can't speak as a lawyer because I, I wouldn't know what I was talking about. But I could speak as a fellow member of the class of potential plaintiffs who also was aggrieved by the presence <laughs> of Craven, said Hunter, in um, <laughs> issue number 21. I, <laughs> um but but some questions would roll in, into my mind thinking about that. For one, for false advertising, would you have to prove that you bought the issue because of the false advertising and not um, – it's not something that you would have bought anyways? Um, also, are my damages only $2.99? Because if a lawyer takes a third, then it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> and uh, third – um, I, I would dispute that it's explicit on the cover because I believe what the cover says is because you demanded it, Ben Riley, the original Scarlet Spider, and that doesn't say that Scarlet Spider is in the comic if you parse those words specifically. So I guess I'm trying to make uh, Marvel's case for them, and uh, my real answer is actually I just don't know, and uh, if this is something you pursue... Um, contact a attorney who um, works on a contingency and uh, don't you know pay an upfront fee. I actually also, disregard everything I just said. I have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> also, are there any leftover Christmas right shirts? Not for long. Um, in the uh, the boost of sales we're going to get from that Scarlet or uh, the Silver Surfer, Surfer. series. No, I have the only one, and um, if. <laughs> If you want it, um, let me think. Uh, what, what should I make him do to have me mail him the shirts? I don't know. Is there um, any Minecraft memorabilia he has? <laughs> oh, like yeah. If, if you got something Minecraft for one of the kids, yeah, it's, I don't know if Brad's going to release it or not, but we did like a seven-minute episode of Crawl Space talking Minecraft. The kids at work are all obsessed with Minecraft. Send me something Minecrafty, and I will get and I will send you the the only Chris's right shirt. 
worn by an actual member of the Crawl Space podcast. <laughs> sweat, it, sweat ball, if yeah. you want, I'll wash it. That'll be up to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, webbed Century from Merry Old England to Kevin, how are you enjoying Adventure and Fear? Did you get a bunch of Back Morbius books? Um, I did. I got, uh, okay. finally for the first time, I got the entire Morbius run of Adventure and Fear from the 70s, which is number 20 through 32. Um, I haven't started reading them yet. I've actually been, uh, thankfully with... I've been able to stretch my birthday money and some things I sold on eBay, uh, the money from that, to get not only that, but I've got back almost the entire Midnight Suns line of comics, which I had sold off during my first eBay sort of fire sale and uh, regretted it immediately. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, I, I got some good deals. So I've got like the full run of that Ghost Rider series and Night Stalkers and Morbius Living Vampire from the 90s, Blade, even Darkhold. <laughs> crappy, crappy Darkhold. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've just got like... I need like Midnight Suns Unlimited and a couple of Doctor Strange and Marvel Comics Presents issues, and I'll have that whole era back, plus the Adventure into Fear, some other Blade comics. So I'm very, very, very happy about that. Refresh me with Adventure in Fear. Is that one of those Marvel magazines, or is that a regular comic? It was a comic I book. I, I, um, okay, it was a comic book it. in 1974. Um, okay. It starred, I want to say... I'm not going to swear to this, but I think it started Manwolf for a little bit before it started Morbius, and then uh, starting with number twenty, it was it's you know Adventure into Fear at the very top, uh, and then it's with uh, the man called Morbius, the Living Vampire is the big title. So it was, it was Morbius's first solo book. I think they tried to reprint this stuff when the nineties. They book did. Was it was out. called Morbius Revisited. Yeah. Uh, they only yeah. got through five issues of the thirteen issues, though. This is where, yeah. like, uh, in in the uh, the modern, really terrible Marvel Now Morbius series, uh, he referenced Hell Eyes, a demon named mm. Hell Eyes, and that's where that came from. Hell Eyes is an adventure in fear, okay. But also, in the uh, 90s series, there was a character, uh, the 90s Morbius, there was a character called Simon Stroud that was chasing him, and Stroud came from Adventure into Fear. I'll be. Who, who wrote Adventure into Fear? Oh, uh, a couple different people. I think Bill Mantlow did some. I want to say... I, I kind of want to say Jerry Conway, but I'm not sure about that. Okay. A couple of the big Morbius cool. guys. Cool. Uh, Kevin also was listening to the podcast from the beginning, and you were praising the trilogy of Frankenstein by Dean Koontz. Mm, I remember so that. Good. So good. What do you think of books four and five? <laughs> um, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, I was really disappointed by book four, and so book five being the new ending, I I pre-ordered the thing. I got it the day it came out, and I still haven't read it because I'm just kind of afraid of it. Because uh, the book three was such a great ending, and then book four was just kind of a downer. So I don't really want to end on a down note now. You know, I'm going to read it eventually. So, I've just been kind of so it envisioned as a trilogy, and you were like, "Yeah, I got a couple more in me." It's, yeah, it's weird. Um, he, he wrote a trilogy. It was envisioned as a trilogy, and then it was selling well. So the book company offered him more money for another trilogy. So he announced another trilogy and then it ended up only being two books so I don't know what the hell happened yeah uh, Bertoni I picked up my first Star Wars book on a whim Darth Plagueis Plague, what? Plagueis the story of Darth Plagueis the wise <laughs> that's what was Darth, Darth Plagueis Plagueis <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 I, and I'm really enjoying it and any other Star Wars books you would recommend uh well first of all Darth Plagueis that was a really good one um, I read that last year uh and it's it could, couldn't put it down. And usually, I don't like the books that focus on like the non-movie characters. Um, this is going to be a cliche thing to say because if you ask this anywhere, what Star Wars book should I start with? Everyone always says the Timothy Zahn trilogy, which starts with Heir to the Empire. But um, but the reason why everyone suggests those are Star Wars is because those are really really good. And that's basically yep. like what relaunched the Star Wars universe. When I and when I say relaunched, I mean it kept the continuity, but like, you know, restarted like you know publication of Star Wars stories again. Those are really good to the point where like people consider those like the definitive episode seven, eight, and nine. And when like the announcement of the sequels came out last year, everyone said, "Oh, they're going to do the Zon books, right? Right? They're not doing the Zon books." Um, I wish I wish they would because I, I remember when those books came out. I was in high school. What was it? Ninety two. Ninety one was it the came, first one. Ninety, yeah. and then it was a year. It, they came out yearly. The rest of the trilogy after that. I mean, Star Wars was dead from, like, what, 85 to 91, 92? 
Yeah, this, like, this reinvigorated interest in the exactly. Star Wars universe, and then, like, yeah. a bunch of books came out, and, like, uh, there was a whole formula of Star Wars books in the 90s, and now, like, there's hundreds of them, and, like, they have their own continuity that's, like, really tight, and Han and Leia have kids, and most of them are dead now, and, uh, Chewie's <laughs> dead. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, Chewbacca died, didn't he? A moon fell on him. Oh, Jesus, I hate when that happens. Are you kidding? A moon <laughs> fell on Chewbacca? Can you imagine that scene in the movie? Oh, um, no. A moon fa- Yeah, that was like uh, 2000 or something. moon fall out of gravity and crush a single... <laughs> a one Wookiee got taken out by a moon. Um, Jesus. Yeah, and like Han's kid left him behind um, with the Millennium Falcon and like, and, you know... The Millennium Falcon's destroyed? No, Han's, Han's kid like flew away with the Millennium Falcon leaving Chewie oh. behind. He didn't have time to save him and Han was not happy with that. Well, I would guess not. That kid's dead now for unrelated reasons. Um, and like, I, he, I, like Luke is Luke is a widower now, and he has like a teenage moody. Mara Jade's dead. Yeah, she died. She she's been dead wow. for a while. I haven't I haven't read these books since the nineties, so I I, I stopped once. Uh, Oh, he he started the academy and all. Oh, this is a freaking Spider-Man show. What are you doing, Brad? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm like, where's my Dragon Ball question? Anytime I know, I was just totally going off Star Wars for a minute. This is a side discussion because he is, but like, basically, if all this continuity is scaring you, all you need to know reading *Heir to the Empire* is the first three movies, and there is like, there is a funny moment in the second book where. Uh, this is before the prequel trilogies. They like unmask the stormtroopers, and they're like, "Oh no, the Empire's using." Clones as stormtroopers. They've never done this before. What do we do? The other question, uh, gang. I was reading the Avengers versus X Men event series and got to the issue where Spider Man sacrifices himself to let Hope go and imparts words of wisdom to her, and thought, "Man, that's what Spidey would do." What appearances and other titles have you thought what Spidey was written in, when Sp- where Spider Man was written in character? I reread uh, Guardian Devil uh, a few several weeks ago. And um, I, I like I'm not, I'm not read the evil that men do, but from what I've seen, I don't like. But like when Ugh. Kevin Smith had the end of in, Guardian, Devil. Guardian Devil, where, where uh, Peter Third Page dies, mm-hmm. he, 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 he shoots himself in the head. Right? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith, Daredevil relaunch '90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that story. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. I, see, I read it as singles. I don't. Yeah. No. Peter uh, talks to to Matt, who's like you know feeling depressed because he's Daredevil. And um and it's just like you know like, like all this the hero stuff is bullshit like you know all we do is have people that we love killed killed and you know like everyone dies, and and Peter says that well you saved that girl Matt you know like maybe we should rethink this and like with that one phrase he says thanks Peter, and like like that, that's like a one eighty and has Daredevil feeling good about himself I thought it was a really good character bit from Spider Man. Any others? I nothing really comes to mind for me. I'm trying well, to think. Lately he's been written way too out of character. Like he's the jokey guy who's never funny. Mm-hmm. Anything come to mind, anybody? Before we um, move on? in terms of supporting characters, I liked the X Factor story arc with um, Black Cat and Jonah um, a while ago. I thought those characters were written really well by Peter David, and it was a, a very refreshing to um, have that. Is Black Cat still uh, like working in the mayor's office in a secret identity? She was in that X Factor story. I yeah, think. she was okay. in X Factor. I don't know what the current status quo is. Because oh, that that was like from a backup story or something. She like she randomly had a new secret identity. <laughs> uh, Aziz from Going Home. The Denny O'Neill run is infamous among Spider-Man fans, but I liked it. What do you guys think of it, and why is it hated so much, Bertoni? Because it followed the Marv Wolfman run, which was totally awesome, and because Denny O'Neill reset everything and fumbled a bunch of Marvel from storylines. JR really hates it, um, and he's written a lot of stuff about it. <laughs> I, 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 read, I read it one night when I was at an overnight shift at Kroger, um, and, like, I didn't, I really didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I, I didn't like it, because, but I don't think anybody, anything interesting happened besides, you know, Man of Web. But, like, I didn't, I didn't, like, you know, see what made it so detestable. It, did Denny O'Neill write the one uh, Amazing 212 where the um, uh, Sandman and Hydra Man became a big sludge monster? Yeah, yeah, I also remember there was like a subplot about yeah. like someone in Peter's apartment is singing country music. I bet it's the cowboy. It's the cowboy, isn't it? That he's oh. and then like oh, it's the what was it like a midget or something? And like, well, no, I thought he he came to the door and there was just a cowboy in a hat. 
Well, like, you would see this guy dressed up as a cowboy, and Peter thought that it was the guy who he heard, like, singing country music, but then it turned out to be somebody else, and it's like, yeah, this is the subplot that this Aaron's going to be remembered I, for. I, I like the uh, the Submariner team-up against the, uh, oh, what was her name? She was green, and she was one of Namor's villains. I that Lady was Dorma? Cool. Yeah, I, I like that storyline. I didn't. I didn't care for it. I mean, it didn't, it didn't bother me. I didn't care for it. <laughs> Actually, I have fond memories of that because uh, that run, like Amazing Two Thirteen, was the first time uh, my mom got me a, a subscription through. I clipped out the back of a Marvel comic and I started getting Spider-Man in the mail. So that Amazing Two Thirteen was one of the first issues that ever happened. So that's why I looked on that. 